I'm TJ. And this is Will. <laughs> and this is... The Zero Quarter Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you've had a great week. Thanksgiving is coming up. And we're excited, but also there's great sports action coming up, including here on Gardner-Webb's campus. It is very exciting indeed, uh, but yes. sad as well, because our football season is coming to an end uh, tomorrow as uh, the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs get ready to take on Monmouth in their senior day. It's exciting, sad uh, at the same time, Yes, but as uh, I have explained in the, in the podcast I did last week by myself, as one door closes, another will open because there will be plenty more opportunities for sports to be to come here on campus exactly we got basketball that started up last week and we've got swimming track will be starting soon so it's going to be very exciting and the reason i was not here i went to go see some family but i am back and ready to do the sports show so we're going to start with garden webb's last football game of the season the running bulldogs four and six after upsetting charleston southern two weeks ago then had a bye last week come to take on come to play their last home game and their last regular season game versus Monmouth, who was four and six as well. They started two and one, then they fell downhill quickly, and now they're four and six this year. And Will, um, what is your take on this game? How does Gardner Webb prepare for this last game against Monmouth? All right. Uh, well, uh, from what I understand, is that uh, a win over Charleston Southern when they were ranked number eight in the nation in the FCS, huge, uh, a phen- phenomenal yes. win without a doubt. So you can bet that they have uh, some extra plans uh, for tomorrow. So they're going to have to put some extra pressure on the offense and uh, make sure that with their defense and uh, have to make sure that their offense is clear and covered as well. And, you know, Gardner-Webb offense has starting to look better. Tyrell Maxwell, quarterback, is up for an award in the FCS. It's called the Peyton Watchlist. And also defensive safety chat, defensive linebacker Chad Jeter is up for the Buchanan Award watch list. Now, Chad Jeter, will cl- entering this last game, has 106 total tackles, 61 solo, and the rest were assisted. And then you have Khalil Lewis, who has 861 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. And, you know, the, after coming off a big win like Charles Southern, you want to finish out strong. And Monmouth's going to hit hard. They've got two good running backs who have the same amount of rushing yards. Um, Le'Veon Chang with 660 rushing yards. And Ed Royds with 380 yards. Lavon has seven touchdowns, and Ed Royds has six touchdowns. Along with the passing game by Cody Williams, with who has seven touchdown passes and 1,295 yards. So the defense is going to want to step up in this game. Um, Will, what do you what do you look forward to about this Mammoth offense? Um, I want to see what their passing offense is all about, uh, but. Uh if uh, Garner-Webb tends to be successful in this one, then they're going to have to need to put some extra pressure on the quarterback to limit his passing range, uh, make him uh, p- give the ball to the running backs more often. And yes, and they need a, Chad and um, Aaron will need a lot of help, which defense has been pretty good this year. I mean, when you think about it, if the offense had provided more, defense could have helped out more. I mean, defense did all it could do. But um, also, we got to watch out for Mama's defense. They've got pretty good players, including Mike Basile, who has 95 total tackles, um, 58 solo, and he has 8.5 total tackles for loss. Five of those were sacks. You have Darnell Leslie with 58 total tackles, and Martinez, who has three interceptions, leads the team in interceptions with three. So Tyrell's going to have to be on his game. The offensive line's got to be able to protect him against this rushing Monmouth defense. So, you know, they're coming off a loss to Coastal Carolina, 38-17. to They're going to want to play hard, and this is Monmouth's last game as well. So, Will, how does Tyrell prepare for a game against this blitzing defense, Mammoth? All right. Uh, so this is basically w- okay. So w- when you look at it more, our two teams uh, are kind of almost like mirror images of each other. Uh, we're we're, we're going to have a blitzing uh, de- both are going to have a blitzing defense. Both are going to have a strong offense as well. It's uh, kind of like picking apples and oranges. <laughs> so. Um, uh, I'd say that Tyrell Maxwell has to be prepared for just about anything. Uh, if he has to uh, run the ball, then he has to run the ball. If he has to pass it, then he has to pass it. And now before we leave Gardner-Webb football, because also we will have interviews today with star safety Chad Jeter Sr. and senior tight end Mike Estes later on in the show. But, Will, one more point before we leave football and talk about Gardner-Webb basketball for a, little, for a quick minute. Khalil Lewis, 
is off to set the pace to shatter Gardner Webb's single season rushing touchdown mark, which was set which was shed in 1996 by Shed Harris with 13. He is one away from tying it. If he gets two, he'll beat it. So it's really exciting. So Khalil's got a game ahead of him. Now, talking about this basketball team, women are two and two after dominating Converse and, and the other team. What was the other Montreat. team? Montreat. Montreat, sorry. And then they lost to App State in Chicago. And then. And they lost to UAB as well. Yes, in the tournament in Chicago. But they um, hope to go off strong. They're going to start going away next week before they get, they get their Thanksgiving break. While the men are away playing against Eastern Michigan tonight. The men are 0-2 right now. They um, lost to SMU badly. They almost they almost came back on Pittsburgh. Sadly, they lost 99-80. to Tyrell Nelson, the star of the team, is struggling, averaging only 12 points a game, while you have players that weren't setting the mark last year are setting the mark, like LaQuincy Redeu, averaged had 23 points in the last game. You've got Jamal going in and scoring. You've got these freshmen coming in. What do you, what do you see with this Gardner-Webb men's team? Okay, so when I went to the red and black uh, scrimmage on uh, uh, that one day on November 3rd, um, I found uh, that the team does seem to have some uh, struggles. And Tyrell Maxwell did seem to have uh, a fair majority of those struggles because he seemed to have a a bit of trouble making baskets, uh, and he didn't do much until the last uh, 10 minutes of the first half. Um, However... I'd say that with a little bit of time and practice, uh, he just need. I think he'll get back on uh, the record. He just needs to get into a rhythm. Is all the same goes for everybody else. Yes, definitely. The women. I hope. I can't wait to see more of them. Um, a lot of players have stepped up, like Mo Ackerman, Morgan Ackerman, Charlisa, and they've really stepped up. I've really watched. I can't wait to see the men at home. Although they play home while we're away, while we're away for Thanksgiving. <laughs> But there will be more home games for us to see, so I'm really excited for that. And I'm, the track team has the red and black game tonight at 3.30. Well, today at 3.30, ends around 7. I'm going to go to and see what we're like this year. From rumors spreading, we've, we look pretty decent this year. I can't wait to see that. Now it's time to go to the majors. Major League Baseball, yes, we know they're over. But two people, one in the National League and one in the American League for major leagues, were pronounced MVPs. Mike Trout, the outfielder for the Angels, was the AL MVP, his second in his career. And Chris Bryant, third baseman for the Cubs, was announced as NL MVP. Now, Mike Trout is the sixth player to win two MVPs before the age 26. Trout has also never finished lower than second in AL MVP voting in his five full years in the majors. And this year he led the majors in runs scored 123, walks 116, on base percentage, 0.441, and war, 10.6. He finished second in the AL in OPS, 0.991, and tied for second in steals, 30. Pretty decent. Whereas Chris Bryant led the National League with a 7.67 war and was the only NL player in the top 10 in that category. He also ranked third in the NL in home runs with 39, fourth in OPS, 0.939, and sixth in RBIs, one, excuse me, 102. And last year he was the NL Rookie of the Year. So it's pretty impressive to see those two. What is your opinions on Mike Trout and Chris Bryant? All right, so Mike Trout I've seen uh, before. He is, without a doubt, a great baseball player. And I'd say that give him some time. I mean, he's already a great player, but, again, give him some time and maybe a World Series ring or two. You got yourself a Hall of Fame career. As for Chris Bryant... He's pretty new uh, to me uh, since uh, the Cubs uh, haven't been doing uh, that well uh, as of lately. But since they shocked the world uh, a a few weeks back and uh, won the World Series, I was uh, just simply amazed uh, by every one of those players. And uh, when uh, Bryant led the National League with with seven walks and was the only player in the top ten in that category... Also third in the NL in home runs. So basically, you got yourself a team uh, that you know who you have to take seriously now. Yes. Um, Mike Trout's one of my favorite players to watch, honestly. Other than Jason Hayward from the Cubs, Mike Trout, I've loved watch playing. Lo- lo- I love to watch play. And I think he deserves this. He really deserves the AO MVP. As, Chris- as for Chris Bryant, we saw him in the World Series do great, honestly. And 
the Cole Cubs team did a great job, and Chris Bryant was one of the people that contributed to the Cubs winning the World Series. So I'm very happy to see him win the NL. Yeah, me too. MVP. So, yes, that's all for Major League Baseball. With offseason started right after the World Series. So now we go into NBA, Will, and the first big topic in this case was a comment made by Phil Jackson about LeBron James, which some people say it was not offensive. Other people say it was. He called um, LeBron James and his business partners a posse. And apparently LeBron James didn't take too kind to that. And according to LeBron, he has lost all respect for him. Now, in the interview, LeBron didn't speak much about it, but he said that he was inspired by Phil Jackson. For Phil Jackson to say that about him makes him lose all respect. So what is your opinion on this? All right, so so I have a ton of respect for Phil Jackson. I think he he was a phenomenal coach, and he even led the Lakers to an NBA championship. That is just absolutely amazing. Um, And LeBron James, what can you say about this guy? This is a guy who's pretty much done it all. Uh, He's uh, arguably the greatest basketball player of this generation, perhaps, in my opinion. Um, uh, But for to get upset... Over uh, calling uh, your business agers posse, I would be offended, but I wouldn't uh, be terribly uh, offended for it. Like, I wouldn't lose all respect for one person. Like, oh, uh, your, your, your group is called the posse. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't really consider that offensive in any way. At least not enough to lose respect for someone. Both pe- both guys are great. Phil Jackson was a great coach. I remember watching him when he was the Lakers coach. And... LeBron James, like you said, he's done it all. And without, I think tensions are high due to these race wars that are going on, sadly. And I think a lot of, a lot of sparks have been shown over that. And I think, I think LeBron James took it a little too hard. At the same time, I see where he would think it would be very offensive. But still, I mean, I don't know what to – I don't have a comment, much, much of a comment on this, honestly. Because, honestly, I just think that this was overshown by the media – because the media takes things way out of hand. And that's all I can really say for this situation, honestly. Um, we'll see, probably see more about it, but I wouldn't lose all respect for Phil Jackson because he called you and your business partners a posse. But speaking of more trouble, um, Derrick Rose's case. I don't know if you knew about the Derrick Rose case. I with, did not, um, actually. Where there was a case where a woman reported being sexually assaulted by him and a couple of other people. Yesterday, the case was, the case was appealed. The appeal was filed. With the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals says permanent evidence was excluded and jury instructions were tainted. So now she gets money, but so does Derrick Rose from her uh, with all that's going on. So Derrick Rose is now cleared from this court case. Honestly, we see this a lot with even with college and pro sports where a lot of women make accusations that are more than likely true. And then some that aren't about these rape cases. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You would think that you wouldn't want to ruin your career doing all that, but because some people think they're all that, they could get away with something like that, and as a result, they get put in this court. But Will, what is your opinion on it? Um, well, I actually didn't know about this case uh, until today before the show, um, but after reading all this, I was absolutely pretty surprised because, well, uh, at this point in the, in the season, you just want to stay focused uh, on the game and not on, not really on anything else. Because you obviously want to do the best that you possibly can. But uh, when this uh, case came up, uh, a lot of attention has been drawn to Derrick Rose. But since he's been uh, released, we can all, everybody is just going to leave this all past. Some may not. But uh, it's now back to the basketball season we go. Exactly. So, on to the NBA. And speaking of NBA, the rookies this year are doing really well, honestly. Like Brandon Ingram, obviously, and... um. Just a bunch of other rookies. And then name your top five NBA players right now, Will. If you were to choose the current NBA players, who are your top five right now? No, does this count as rookies or Rookie, current? Uh, everybody in the NBA that's playing. <sighs> All right. All right. So number five, I would have to go with uh, Kemba Walker. He has been absolutely – he has been uh, a dynamite. He, yes. And this, he, is, he has a rocket on his back, and he's going to go uh, very far. He has been leading the Hornets in scoring uh, as of late. And uh, you can just tell that he's going to lead the team somewhere. Um, number four, I'm going to go 
Ooh, let's see. Number four, I'd have to go with Vince Carter. Because this guy is right now the oldest player in the NBA. And he's showing like he's still got it. It's almost like we went back in time to 2006 when Vince Carter was making three points left and right. Yes. And he's still doing it. Number uh, three... I'd have to go with uh, Russell Westbrook because ever since Kevin Durant uh, led uh, left uh, the NBA, left the Thunder, K Russell Westbrook has been carrying the team uh, the whole time. 30 points per game, at least 9 to 10 assists per game as well. He's pretty much doing everything. Number two, Stephen Curry because this is a guy who in one game made 13 three-pointers. Arguably something that uh, possibly won't come close to being duplicated at all. And that, and lastly, no, hands down, LeBron James. Because this is a guy who's been doing triple-doubles. He's been getting MVPs. He's been scoring in assists, rebounds, uh, scoring. All He's been, just been an all-around phenomenal player. Yes. I have to say, my top five players right now, number five, Kawhi Leonard from the Spurs. Um showing himself out, you know, Tim Duncan retiring, and of course they've added LaMarcus Aldridge, and with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili getting up to that age, you, you see Kawhi Leonard growing. The first game they played was against the Warriors, he um, scored 30 points, and he's just been a phenomenal player coming in when he, since he's came into this league, so he deserves a fifth five spot on my list. Number four, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is an outgoing great player, in my opinion. Even since Kevin Durant has left, he hasn't taken... He hasn't taken it to heart too much. He just moved on with it and has almost averaged triple-doubles this season. So he's been great this year. Definitely deserves top five NBA player list. Number three, Kevin Durant. Kevin is an all-out great player. I love watching Kevin Durant. And honestly, when you look at this guy, man, I mean, if it weren't for the LeBron James era, it would be the Kevin Durant era. <laughs> Number two, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry, back in the day, used to be on my top ten list, has moved up to my top five list amazing player has where did all this come from he's all of a sudden we knew he was a great three-point shot but next thing you know he's worked his game to the point he's a hall of famer now he'll definitely be a hall of famer and lastly number one lebron james definitely like you said words cannot describe how much he's accomplished this year and talking about the warriors um they played the celtics tonight the america's nba game of the week celtics with isaiah thomas who scored 30 points two days ago against the hawks um take on Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and the Warriors. And Al Herford comes back from injury, so they have a big center, their big center superstar with them. So, Will, what's your take and pick on this? All right, so you can obviously bet that the Celtics are going to be on their A game for tonight uh, since they're basically going up against what everybody calls the dream team at this point. Um, uh, I'd say this will be a very close game, but... Uh, they just can't leave Stephen Curry wide open. I'd say that's the main uh, focus because he will just drain three shots, three-point shots left and right, uh, yes. and the Warriors would just absolutely destroy the Celtics, but I'm not sure that'll happen. I think this will actually be a much closer game. I'd say the Warriors win this one. I love. I think this will be a good game. I think it'll start out like the Warriors are going to win this big, but then the Celtics will come back. You see Isaiah Thomas score at least 27 points tonight. Avery Bradley scoring a lot. Al Horford on his game. But I think Kevin Durant will have 30. You have Steph Curry, I think, will have 25. It'll The Warriors will win it by three, I think, 197. And last topic about the um, NBA, the Lakers. Now, they, compared to last year, they only won, when the season started, in the first two weeks, they had only won two games. Now they're 7-5 and five right now. Going to play the Spurs. Did, now, You've, I've, I've watched the Lakers, obviously. I've watched the Lakers because I'm a Lakers fan, and this is not being biased. But have you had the chance to ex watch the Lakers? And if you have, what have you noticed has changed about them this year? All right. So the last time I've uh, seen the Lakers, it would have to, it was uh, definitely during the Kobe Bryant era. And uh, that was when the Lakers weren't doing so well. But I can definitely think it's safe. I definitely think it's safe to say that there has been a lot of improvement as of uh, late. Um, they've got uh, brand new players. They got D'Angelo Russell, who has uh, been uh, very impressive so far. And I'd say he's on his way to uh, filling in the shoes uh, or the hole that uh, Kobe Bryant has made in the Lakers that uh, left them feeling kind of empty inside, feeling like something is just missing. But here comes D'Angelo Russell. He's ready. Uh, he's all fired up. He's going to lead the team someplace. Yes, and you've got D'Angelo Russell, Nick Young back on his game. 
You've got Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle having a good year. And honestly, I love what I've seen from this Lakers team. They've gone out. They even upset the Warriors. They upset the Warriors by one point, but it was they upset them. And I'm very happy to see the Lakers do well. I think Luke Walton's been a great coach so far. I can't wait to see what they do as the season goes on. They might upset the Spurs. I don't want to jinx myself, so I'll, we'll have to wait and see. Now that we get off the NBA topic, we'll still be on the basketball topic. Will college basketball started, and a few top ten teams failed. Duke falls to Kansas, and what was surprisingly they couldn't get any rebounds off the board. So they, but they came back and tied it, and then Kansas Frank Mason made a last second jumper to win the game. Then you have Oregon, who got blown out by Baylor all this out of nowhere, 66 to 49. And then you had UConn get upset. You've had Xavier almost lost last yesterday. So, is, is this an exciting year of college basketball so far, Will? What have you seen so far? It is exciting, even though it's only been the first uh, like two or three games. Um, but I'd say if your team has already fallen, then there's already room for improvement. Um, UConn men lost to Northeastern by three. So you can bet that uh, Kevin Ollie is definitely going to uh, make sure that uh, there's uh, some room for the team uh, to improve because uh, we have some uh, good players and we're good at producing stars fast. In fact, a lot of big schools are good at doing that. But uh, I'd say uh, it's still early. We just have to wait and see how this season plays out. Yes, it's really exciting to me. And it's just been the one week. And I've, I'm a huge fan of basketball. So to all those basketball fans out there, I'm sure you're excited. But... As the season goes on, there's like you said, there's plenty of room to improve, Will, and I think we'll we'll see a lot more of things happening. Like, does anyone have a? Ch- I think people teams will have a chance to upset Kentucky this year. Um, unlike Michigan State, teams won't probably there'll be teams that get blown out by them. But and speaking of which, Kansas failed too, by the way, on the first game of the season. Um, to Indiana, who looks amazing. I've, Indiana looks great this year, but now. It's just going to be exciting. We, we will talk more about this in two weeks after we come back from Thanksgiving break because we won't have a show next week because we'll be at home with our families. Um, now we're going to move to the NFL topic, Will. Before we do our picks, two big things, topics. Last night, the Panthers played the Saints. Right. And a very emotional thing happened. Luke Keekley, Luke Keekley, sorry. Luke Keckley. Keckley got hurt. The big the defensive big, star. The, the big defensive star for the Panthers. He has been... He's been notified of a concussion, and it was just very emotional. He like was in tears uh, yes. when uh, he was he was carted off the field. And my, f- I had two friends that went to the game. They said when Luke Kuechly got injured, everyone was silent. Every there was gasp, and it was just an emotional moment. Deep. Now he will be out next week. Obviously, I mean concussion protocol. Is there a big gaping hole now without Luke Kuechly? I mean, you still got Thomas Davis and other great defensive players, but. Is there that big hole now? I have to say, I have to say, I, I have to say that when I first saw the Panthers uh, in person, I was uh, I was actually kind of impressed with uh, their defense, uh, especially with Luke Keckley. And when I saw that he was down and out, I was thinking, oh man, what's going to happen now? He's like their big star, and they're going to lose him for a couple weeks, especially this late in the season. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to hurt uh, the Panthers, even though they were able to beat the Saints. Um, but uh, if uh, they're going to uh, fill that hole uh, that Luke Keckley left, uh, they're going to have to fill it up quick. Yes, they are. And I, they've got a couple of good backups. I've, I'm going to look more into it tonight. But I I've, I've, know they drafted a good linebacker out of Iowa, who's probably going to take his place. And now another topic before we get to the NFL picks. Tony Romo's emotional speech about Dak Prescott, you know, media was saying, was talking about Romo was a distraction, how, you know, Dak won't last long because they'll put Romo back in. So Romo decided, I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to the media. And he gave this great speech on how this is Dak's team right now, and I will not be a distraction. My time might come soon, and I feel like I'm on my last stand. But I am in no way, do I want to be back on the field? Yes, of course I do. Who wouldn't want to be? I mean, it was like that two years ago before I got to start. I mean, not two years ago. A year as I was in the NFL before I got to start, I wanted to, I really wanted to play, but Drew Bledsoe had the starting lead. So now I'm back in that situation, and I'm taking it a whole lot better. He said Dak has done well. He's the future for this team this season. 
So I just don't want to be a distraction. So, Will, what is your take on Rumble's speech? I'm going to be perfectly honest. This is something you would not hear anybody else say. This is nothing you would hear Cam Newton say or Tom Brady. This is something that, uh, oh, I would say Peyton Manning would say because Tony Romo is realizing the fact that Dak Prescott is leading the team in the right direction with all the well he's been doing, and he realizes my time on the team might be coming to an end, so I might as well help out in any way I can. But uh, I'd say that he is uh, doing this in possibly the most class uh, act way possible. It's very sad, you know. I mean, we've talked. Some cowboy fans will talk bad about Roma. I mean, I wasn't happy with his play last year. He got injured a lot, and I feel bad because this is the guy I grew up watching as the ca- with the Cowboys. I watched Drew Bledsoe a little bit, but Tony Roma was the guy where I watched a lot with the Cowboys, and so this is emotional because oh my goodness. This guy is starting to come to his end, and so now you're going to see a different face for the Cowboys. But he did a great job, very great job. Definitely something you wouldn't see from Tom Brady. Um, more like a Phillip Rivers or Peyton Manning thing, like you said. But great job, Romo, for the class, and definitely emotional. Time to go from emotional moments, though, because NFL games are coming on this Sunday. Actually, some decent ones. I looked at him and I thought, this might not be a great week of NFL, but... I could be wrong because NFL always seems to surprise me, but we have a couple good games that we would like to pick. Of course, the Panthers beat the Saints last week, 23 last week, last night, 23 to 20. So we're going to start, Will, with the Ravens, five and four, versus the eight and one Cowboys. Cowboys winning eight straight games on a hot road to who knows where. While the Ravens have won two straight now, they've looked like they've had the hot head, although they have struggled with the running game. Um, Joe Flacco's had a decent um. Decent has done well. Decent these past few weeks. Will, what's your pick and take? All right, so uh, Joe Flacco is a veteran, so he has more experience in this one. And then you got the newcomer, Dak Prescott. I talked about this in the last uh, game when I talked about the, the Cowboys uh, and uh, the uh, new. Um, oh, I forgot what it was. The Cowboys and the Broncos, right? Right. No, the Cowboys played the Steelers last week. Yes. I compared it to like a a big David and Goliath battle. You got a young up-and-comer going up against a veteran. uh, And uh, I actually uh, say that uh, this this, uh, one particular David has been on a big role, and I'd say he takes out the veteran, Joe Flacco. I'm going with the Cowboys on this one. You know, Dak Prescott has shown great... Great maturity, great performance this year. And then you've got Ezekiel Elliott with 1,003 yard rushing yards right now, leading the NFL right now. And second, DeMarco Murray. Third, David Johnson from the Cardinals. Um, This this Cowboys team looks great. And with Des Bryant back, Des Bryant's been doing so well. And we're sorry, Des Bryant, for your loss of your father, by the way. Uh, but going to this Cowboys game, the Ravens, I... This Cowboy defense does struggle in some areas, but this Ravens defense, uh, Ravens rushing offense has to do well in this game if they want to keep up with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win this, 20-17. to 17. All right. Next, Will, we have the Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota, DeMar- DeMarco Murray, and the Tennessee Titans take on a baffled Andrew Luck and the Colts team. Now, last week the Titans beat the Packers, an amazing performance it. While the Colts ended up winning last week as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, both teams coming off a win. This is a fight right now to stay alive in their division. Who do you have, Will? Alright, so Andrew Luck has definitely been struggling a little bit. He's had his ups and downs so far this season, I'll say that. Um, uh, but uh, Marcus Mariota has been on a steady roll. He hasn't been going up, and he hasn't gone down incredibly a lot. And uh, DeMarco Murray has been a really good running back so far. He's still kind of new to me. I, I consider him a bit underrated. So, but I'm going to go with the Titans uh, Y3. Yes. I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Titans too. I mean, I think DeMarco Murray will have a great game. And poor Andrew Luck. I mean, the offensive line is not helping him out. He's having to carry this team. This And there's been a lot of injuries. You don't have much of a strong running game. I mean, your receivers that start out so well, teams figure, hey, we got to double cover these guys. So people like T.Y. Hilton are being double covered. So you don't have a lot of options to go to. So I feel like the Titans will win this game. And it'll be a slow-scoring game, I think, actually. Because when those, these two play, it's always low-scoring. But maybe they'll surprise me. Titans. Next, the Bills... Take on the Bengals, Tyrod Taylor and this Bills offense. Take on the dynamic duo of A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. 
Will, your pick. All right, so Tyrod Taylor has been uh, surprising people as of lately. Uh, Rex Ryan has been surprisingly good at coaching uh, the Bills uh, because he's been coaching uh, this team as if his career is on the line here. Um, So I'd say he's going to be all fired up for this one game, trying to make sure that the Bills at least maybe get a playoff spot but they're going to have a tough time covering Andy Dolan and A.J. Green. I'm going to go with the Bengals by 6. I'm going to go with the Bengals by 13. Next, we have the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald might not be in this game after getting injured last week, but the Cardinals will come in and take on the Vikings, who have struggled dearly. Lord have mercy. Will, your pick. All right. So when the Vikings first went 5-1, and one, I thought for sure that they were going to be this dynamic powerhouse of a team because I thought Sam Bradford finally found uh, the place where he thought he where we think he finally belongs we honestly weren't sure what he to think of when he first went to Minnesota but after he did well getting over 200 300 passing yards a game it was truly amazing um but now the Vikings are starting to struggle and fall downhill I think this will be a very close one, uh, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals by five. I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. I think, you know, despite the fact that the Cardinals are one and two away, I mean, this Vikings team is struggling. Sam Bradford has been off his game lately, and this against this Cardinals defense, despite not having the Honey Badger, you still have a great defense out there for the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to go with them. Um, Coming up next, Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, who have lost who lost to the Giants last week, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Yes. And then they beat the – no, not last, two weeks ago. Then they came in and beat the Falcons. Now they're 5-4, and four, and they're taking on a team that upset the Patriots last week, the Seattle Seahawks, 6-2-1. and two and one. Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks are hyped up, facing off against Carlos Wentz and the Seagulls offense. Will, your pick. All right, so uh, the Eagles' offensive line has to be uh, prepared for just about uh, anything. Uh, they have to protect Carson Wentz at all time, and uh, their wide receivers have to be prepared as well because Richard Sherman is going to be all fired up uh, after a big win. We all know he's always fired up. Yes. Um, uh, but this is definitely gonna a tough one for me to decide. I do think and ponder about this for a minute. I even had to ask, ask a Magic 8-ball. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. That's a complete joke. Um, but I'm going to go with the Eagles by three. You know, I had to think about this, too. I mean, I meditated over this. Now I'm playing. I didn't meditate. But <laughs> after seeing what the Seattle's performance was, I think they're undefeated at home. This is at Seattle. Eagles are 1-4 away. I think Seattle takes the win against the Patriots and wins once more. I'm going with Seattle. Next, the Packers... The struggling Aaron Rodgers and the Packers take on Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins in at Landover, Maryland. Will, your pick. All right, so like you said, the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been uh, struggling. I'd say uh, this because it's quite surprising because uh, you have a, a team that's originally doing really well, and now they're just uh, starting to fall apart. Uh, Meanwhile, you got to Washington, and they've been doing exceptionally well under Kirk Cousins' uh, yes, leadership. Um, so I'd have to say uh, the Redskins will win this one by a touchdown. No, I have to think about this too, but I, I know the Packers have really struggled, and the Redskins have been on their game lately, despite their running game not being so strong. Um, but I have to have an upset pick, so I'm going with the Packers to upset the Redskins at home. I think Aaron Rodgers will find his niche. I think this Redskin defense will struggle, especially Josh Norman on Jordy Nelson. I think Jordy might get the upper hand. So, Packers and my upset pick. Next, we have the last NFL pick. The Texans on Monday Night Football have been doing somewhat okay. But now they take on a high-powered Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders team. Will, your pick, please. This was actually another tough game that I had to decide. And this time, I did not use a Magic 8-ball. Um, uh, but I'd say that uh, the Raiders have been uh, impressive offensively because uh, you have uh, Derek, because uh, you have Derek Carr, you have Amari Cooper, who's been dynamic when he was in Alabama. Yes. Um, and uh, there you have a, a strong uh, Houston defense as well when you have J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. So I'm going to predict that this game might actually be low scoring, but I'd say by ten. Oakland wins. Yes, um, Brock Osweiler, quarterback for the Texans, has struggled. 
I think they need to give Lamar Miller, if they're going to win this game, they need to give Lamar Miller more touches. And honestly, they also, if they want to keep up, their defense has to step up. DeAndre Hopkins needs help in order, they need to give him more than just five passes a game. And so I'm going to take the Raiders. I love what I've seen from them this year. Great defense led by Khalil Mack, Irvin, Bruce Irvin. And then you have this power-powered offense, which we talk about a lot. So I think the Raiders will win. Now we're going to go to college football. Before we do the picks and before our interview with Chad Jeter and my guest, he's come. Will, do you know who Troy is? Yes, I do know about Troy University. Yes, Troy, the team that almost upset Clemson earlier in the college football season. Well, after that loss, they won the rest of their games, went undefeated in conference. But so did a team in their conference as well, Arkansas State, who started out 0-4, then won six straight. They were both five and well, five straight. 5-0 and in the conference. Then they took on each other yesterday to decide who would get first place and probably a, possibly a bowl bid. Arkansas State killed Troy 35-3 and ended up being 6-0 and in the conference while Troy goes 5-1. and So Arkansas State, if they keep this up, will probably get a bid for a, a bowl game, which is congratulations to Arkansas State. Now, going up next, Will, I asked you earlier last night to write down your playoff predictions. All right. For college football playoffs. So, with let me tell you, first, before we start that, this was, last week was crazy. You know what? We had three top five teams lose in the same day. Seven top ten teams. The top three, you know, last time, the top three of the top five teams lost was in October 19th, 1985, when Michigan lost to number one, Iowa. They were number two at the time. Number three, Oklahoma lost to Miami. And number four, Arkansas lost to Texas. Well, last week, Clemson got upset by unranked Pitt, 43-42. to Then Michigan got upset by a last-second field goal by Iowa, 14-13. to And then Washington got tramped by a USC team who has improved to 6-0 and since going, losing three straight. Now, coming into this, a lot has changed. I mean, the playoff predictions came out. So, Will, what is your playoff predictions at this point in the week if the season were okay. today? Okay, so for the first uh, playoff game, I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State taking on, uh, let's see, it would have to be Ohio State taking on uh, their arch rival, uh, Michigan. Well, yes. Well, but you, and with Louisville losing, it might be Washington. All right, so I'm going to give you the top picks. Number one, Alabama. Ohio State went up to number two. Michigan went up to number three. And Clemson at number four. With the last two to not make it would be Louisville and Washington. Now, yes, you were right. Now, if Ohio State plays Michigan next week, the winner of that will, pro- will probably – well, Michigan will probably go to the – if Michigan loses, Penn State will probably go to the Big Ten Championship to play Ohio State again. And Michigan's playoff chances are ruined. Now, if Michigan wins, then it might be Wisconsin to go to the Big Ten Championship to play either Penn State or Michigan. So, yes, but – Honestly, yes. What were your other picks? I mean, and, Alabama, obviously. And it's all right. And on my other side, it would be uh, a rematch of last year's national championship, Alabama taking on Clemson. Me too. I think Alabama. Right now I have Alabama and Clemson. And I, I put Washington back in. I think if Michigan loses and with Louisville losing, Washington will find a way to get back in. I mean, they're going to play their rivals, Washington State, next week, who is ranked number 22nd in the nation right now. So I think they'll win. They'll play Colorado in the Pac-12 championship. And win and get it. Now, the Heisman status with all those losses was crazy. I mean, Deshaun Watson went down. Lamar went down after yesterday. And let me tell you, Jareel Peppers, too, from Michigan, is no longer in the top five. Here are your top five Heisman players right now. Number one, Donnell Pumphrey, San Diego State running back, who has broken records this year. Number two, Alabama quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Number three, Deshaun Watson, Clemson quarterback. Four, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. And tied for five, Deontay Foreman, running back for Texas. And D.D. Westbrook, wide receiver for Oklahoma, who has 14 touchdown catches this year. So that's your Heisman stats. What, what is your opinion on last week? Like, What happened last week? Uh, I have to say that uh, at this point in the season, uh, you think you're all uh, set. But then uh, all of a sudden, uh, reality just comes crashing down on you. And... Uh, you suffer a huge loss that could uh, really hurt you in the end. Um, but then you have 
one uh, one little piece of uh, uh, light uh, that's uh, standing all by itself, and that would be Alabama. Yes. They're the only remaining undefeated team left, and Jalen Hurts, who is only a freshman, has been doing a phenomenal job so far under the co- under the coaching of Nick Saban. Um, and Deshaun Watson, man, uh, this guy is also uh, phenomenal. I'd say this guy is very likely going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe even a top-five draft pick, should he declare for the draft. Uh, but I'd say that uh, it's going to be a crazy decision on who takes home the Heisman Trophy. Yes, it definitely will be. All right, so Chad Jeter and Mike Yossi will not be able to jo- join us today. So we're going to do these college football picks ourselves. Um, all right, now... Will, it is time for, before we end the show, to do our college football picks right. today. So, Oklahoma's first. We're going to start with Oklahoma State, number 11 ranked, versus TCU. Now, quarterback Mason Rudolph, 3,384 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, along with his favorite target, James Washington, having 1,132 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. Now, they are 13th in scoring and 6th in passing offense. Now, they go against the TCU offense, who has done okay. Defense has struggled, although these last two games they've held their opponents to 20 or under points. Kenny Hill, quarterback, has struggled a little bit. What is your pick on this, Will? Uh, Kenny Hill definitely has struggled with TCU, and I like the dynamic duo of James Washington and Mason Rudolph for Oklahoma State. I'm going with the Cowboys on this one. I am too. Oklahoma State is such a fast-paced offense, it's hard to keep up with them. I think it'll come down to them, and if Oklahoma were to lose to West Virginia, it would come down to those two next week. To see who go who takes the Big 12 bid as the Big 12 champions. Now, next game, Maryland versus Nebraska. Taylor Martinez does hasn't been cleared yet to play yet, but this Maryland team five and five. Yes, why did we pick this? Because these last two years they've done well against each other. Will your pick on Nebraska or Maryland? All right. So uh, since Tommy Armstrong Jr. is still out. Uh, um, uh, Nebraska has been uh, struggling a little bit, and uh, I uh, picked them to win uh, last time, and uh, they actually did uh, exceptionally well. So I'm gonna go again with Nebraska. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nebraska in this one too. I think they'll just, I think they'll dominate Maryland. Next, a big SEC matchup in the SEC East. Number 23, Florida takes on number 16, LSU. Finally meeting after postpone on October 8th due to Hurricane Matthew. Now, Florida is first in SEC West, and LSU has fallen behind. I mean, but they have a rushing power of Darius Geis with 881 rushing yards and nine touchdowns, and Leonard Fournette of 803 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Now, Florida has struggled these last two weeks. Despite they won last week, they struggled a little bit against Kentucky. Will, your pick on this. All right, so I like both teams because they are two teams that have just been coming in and they have just been quietly winning games and just instantly becoming uh, dark horses. Um, uh, But I like LSU because of their rushing uh, offense. I'm going to go with the Tigers by a touchdown here. Yes, I'm going to go with... Actually, I'm planning to go on with an upset. I think this will be a low-scoring game with Florida upsetting LSU. Okay. I really think... Even though Florida has struggled, I, I think they'll do what they'll do great this week. I like I think Florida will upset them. Next, number twenty two, Washington State. Thanks to Washington's loss, Washington State remains unbeaten in the in their part of the Pac twelve conference. And they are with Luke quarterback Luke Falk, leading them with three thousand six hundred and ten passing yards and thirty three touchdown passes. Now, both of these teams, with running back Colorado, running back Phillip Lindsay, has nine hundred thirty seven rushing yards, thirteen touchdowns leads this Colorado offense. Now, both teams play against ranked teams. These last two their last two games, they play against each other, both of them being ranked. Then Washington State plays a ranked Washington team, number 6, while Colorado takes on number 12 Utah. Right. So, this this game will be a big win for whoever wins this game. Will your pick? All right, so Washington State has definitely been a surprising team as of uh, lately. They've been coming in, they've been uh, winning games and uh, just been unstoppable so far. Luke Falk is definitely a good quarterback. I consider him a bit underrated, and uh, I say, and I mean that in a very good way, because he is coming on strong. Um, But Washington State's going to have a tough time when they go up uh, to Boulder. I'm going to go with Colorado winning by three. I'm going to go with Washington State. I think 
Colorado's a great team. I think Washington, it'll be a shootout between these two. Washington State, 31-28. to 28. All right, next, Michigan, number three, Michigan, after a bit getting upset by Iowa, takes on an Indiana team who almost upset Penn State last week but blew it in the end. Now, why this game? Michigan has no Will Spates, their starting quarterback. Their backup quarterback, um, oh, here it is, John O'Corn will start. But yet, Indiana has played well this year, despite being 5-5. Five and five. They take on a Michigan team who has first in total defense. Will, your pick, please. I like uh, Michigan in this one because their defense has been uh, on fire, especially with Jabril Peppers. Um, I'd say uh, Michigan is definitely on the right uh, track to hopefully make to making it to the playoffs. Uh, I got uh, the Wolverines winning by 10. I have to say, I love the Jim Harbaugh memes last week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think this Michigan defense will carry this um Indiana this in, this game against Indiana and I think John O'Corn will do okay. But he needs help. He needs big support here because he's filling big shoes for a guy who's done well this year. So yes, but I got Michigan winning this game in a probably mid-scoring game. Next we have USC versus UCLA. Um, now USC leads this contest overall, 46 wins. USC, UCLA has won 31, and they've tied at 7. USC upset Washington last week. While, and they have a great wide receiver front, USC, with Juju, Schuster, and Rodgers, and this quarterback, Sam Darnold, with 22 touchdown passes, 2,161 yards. And they're going against the UCL team who struggled. Josh Rosen, who came back from injury, the quarterback for UCLA, has struggled this year. And UCLA has not upset a team over 500. Will, your pick, please. All right, so UCSC did upset Washington, and that took the whole nation by surprise. Um, and they have a, a fairly solid offense. Uh, um, uh, I'd say this might be a low-scoring game. I'm going to go with the Trojans by six. I'm going to go with the Trojans as well. I think USC will probably dominate. Not dominate, but do very well over UCLA. Next, we're going to do ranked teams. I'm not un- Unranked t- uh, matchups, which we thought were very well. A couple of these. I, I'll give my two, and Will has a three of them. Uh, Kansas State versus Baylor. Kansas State, 5-4, and four, has done well this year. Baylor has lost their last two games. Seth Russell went, it got injured, and so this Baylor offense is looking tragic right now. Um, Will, what is your pick on this? All right, uh, Baylor has definitely been on a downhill ever since they got rid of their head coach, and now Seth Russell is out injured. However, I say that they uh, come back, uh, they bounce back, and I'd say they win by three. I think Baylor will bounce back. It'll be a low-scoring game, but I think Baylor will bounce back. Next, my my last um unranked matchup pick is NC State and Miami. And the reason I chose this game, Miami could win the, their part, the ACC um not Coastal, but the other part of the, AC, the yeah, ACC, ACC Coastal. Yeah, ACC Coastal. If Virginia Tech, because thanks to Virginia Tech losing, it's still open. If UNC loses this week, and Virginia Tech loses. Miami has that chance. Now they play a struggling state team who won last week, but lost their last four out of five games. So, Will, what is your pick on this? All right, so you know when uh, you have stakes these high, you can bet that both teams are going to pull out all the stops to make sure that they come out with a win. Um, But I'm going to go with Miami on this one. I think I'll go with Miami too. State needs this win to be bowl eligible. Miami needs this win big time. Uh, I think Miami will. The state defense is good. This offense has struggled. So Miami will win over the NC State. Will, what were your three games that you picked out on rank? All right. So first one, I have South Florida taking on SMU. Ooh. SMU has come back and has done well this year, honestly. Um, South Florida 8-2. and two. So this is going to be a big one. Um, I'm going to go with South Florida. I think they're just too high-powered of an offense for SMU. It'll be a close one. Don't don't <laughs> don't no. doubt SMU. I think. Um, South okay, okay, so I'm going with SMU as well. I like uh, their offense. I think they're high-powered, especially considering that they're eight and two. Um, I'd say they're on their way to a good bowl game. Come. Um, what's next one, Will? Next we have in Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Oh, now Virginia Tech needs this win. Need, well, it's not ACC matchup. I mean, Notre Dame's still independent in football. But if Virginia Tech can win, they'll 
and beat Virginia, they'll probably go to the ACC championship. Now, Notre Dame has struggled this year, but they I've watched them play Navy, and they did a great job. I'm going to go with Notre Dame in an upset over Virginia Tech. All right. So when I the last time I picked uh, Virginia Tech to win, which was last week when I did the picks with wrestling coach Dan Elliott, they lost to Georgia Tech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech again this time. I believe they'll beat the Fighting Irish. Your last unranked team pick, what was last that? Un- last unranked uh, teams were Northwestern and Minnesota. Now, this is a big one. Both teams could be bowl eligible. Whoever wins is bowl eligible. So, I'm going with Northwestern. I love this running game for them. I think Clayton Thorson, yes, he struggled, but he'll do better. And Jackson with the running game, go Northwestern. Uh, okay, so this was a tough game that I decided between, but I'm going with Northwestern mainly because of Clay Thorne and uh, Justin Jackson. Their passing yards percentage has been uh, really good so far. Lastly, America's college football game of the week. Number nine, Oklahoma, undefeated in Big 12 Conference play, takes on a one-loss West Vir- number 14-ranked West Virginia Mountaineers team. Both offense great this year. Oklahoma 10th in passing offense with Baker Mayfield at 33 touchdown passes, 3,212 passing yards. Wide receiver D.D. Westbrook, D.D., 1,254 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns, Heisman candidate, versus a West Virginia team who's done pretty decent. I mean, 8-1, they've done more than people thought they would. Quarterback Skylar Howard for West Virginia, 17 touchdown passes and over 2,000 passing yards. Will, your pick on America's Game of the Week. All right, so this was one of the toughest games I had to decide between because you got two outstanding quarterbacks in Skylar Howard and Baker Mayfield. But uh, when uh, Baker Mayfield had over 300 passing yards per game and three passing touchdowns, I don't see how you can uh, go against this guy. I'm going to go with the Sooners on this one. All right, yes, I I thought about this game. I, I, I talked to God about it, although God's not big on football. <laughs> That's not making fun of, I promise. But literally, I had to think of this game. Um, it was tough, but I'm going with Oklahoma. As sad as a, even as a Texas fan, you have to go with Oklahoma. I think they'll find a ways to stop this defense for Oklahoma is good. Baker Mayfield has been outstanding. I'm going with Oklahoma. All right. And that concludes our show. I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this was Zero. Have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs>